All right, here we go. Look at talk. New episode of the podcast starts now. Welcome one. Welcome everybody to Look at Talk the podcast. I'm your man V Jones, and today is an exclusive series where liquor meets coffee. Today, my <laughs> guest is the host of the Coffee Philosophy podcast, none other than Miss Christine. Hone it down up in Chi Town. How you doing today? I'm doing well. I should mention I'm not the only host. Um, I have a co-host, Sarah. Uh, but I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great, too. Shout out to Sarah. You know what I'm saying? We're going to show you love, too. But um, tell the people about your podcast. What's the plot? What you and Sarah be talking about? So it's kind of goofy. Um, we I like to describe it as highbrow, lowbrow. So we combine pop culture and current events, and then we talk about it in um, in various forms, but always end up with some big philosophical theory. Some big philosophical theory. So what's your big philosophical theory about what's going on with this damn coronavirus going on? Well, I don't know if I have a big theory about this, but there are certainly a number of great works of literature that have been written about such plagues. Um, I'm actually reading right now Stephen King's The Stand, which is a really long book. It's probably like 1,400 pages total, The Unabridged Virgin. Um, and that one, it's about like a mutating flu virus, um, but it's a good one. So oh, I don't know. Hey, is this Sarah right now? Oh, I can. Hi. Oh, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. How you doing today? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. Welcome to Look at Talk. Thank you for joining joining the party. Oh, of course. I'm quite liquored up at this point. So <laughs> time for a great recording. Yes. Yeah, hey, it's a liquor and coffee party. So I was just um, I was just asking you, Cole, so about look at um, not look tough, but um, your your podcast, Coffee Philosophy. So tell me about it from your perspective. Sure. So Chris and I love having conversations about things that sometimes other people don't take seriously, uh, whether that be in pop culture or film or music or whatever. And so we decided to kind of elevate the talk that we had um by making it a little more serious we felt like if people are interested in talking about pop culture there's a reason for it um and that makes it relevant and so through that discussion we wanted to add an element of elevated talk so not just you know like small talk but high talk if you will um <laughs> So we included the philosophy element as a way to really raise our conversations and make them a little bit more serious. Um, and from that, we've just had a really great response, especially amongst our own friends. We're still really small, but we have a lot of fun doing it. So we feel like it's worth it no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I appreciate y'all for coming on, stopping by. You know, so I know y'all might be small, but y'all y'all took time to come by. So how did y'all come up with the name of Coffee Philosophy? Ah, well, that's sort of a gimmick, right? Because the structure of the show is that we drink different types of coffee or espresso, and then as we become more caffeinated, more caffeinated, excuse me, over the course of the episode, then we like spout more and more thoughts about the thing we're talking about. So. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. So what's your favorite type of coffee? Uh, ooh, that's a hard one. Uh, I'm partial to like any any kind of espresso that is sweet. I have a Nespresso machine, which is one of those pods. Um, but I actually prefer coffee out of the mocha. So anything mocha that's like sweet and nutty. I feel you. I feel you. Sweet and nutty. How are you guys dealing with the coronavirus closing down a whole bunch of coffee shops? Uh, so actually, funny story, I tried to go to Starbucks today, and most of the Starbucks are closed. And e and then the drive through that my boyfriend and I were going to go to was like 17 cars long. So we were like, mm, I what? guess we're not getting coffee right now. Oh, hey. my God. Yeah. Hey, that's crazy. Yeah. Hey, I saw I saw Chick Fil A. The line was about twenty cars long. I said, okay, I ain't got to wait in that damn no, line. So. I believe. Yeah. I totally feel y'all. We're in Chicago, so it's it's kind of crazy how hard everything has been hit here. Um, 
I've been trying to support some local restaurants and stuff while everything is, you know, uncertain, as they're saying. Yeah. I actually did the same thing. Um, Several people have ordered, like, large, maybe 20 to 30 um, people's worth of food to be delivered to my unit in the hospital. Um, So I tried to do the same thing and support one of the, like, local restaurants here it's like a butcher shop that it's like an authentic butcher shop too so they'll like they'll make you a deli sandwich but what they primarily do is sell like cuts of meat that you can't find anywhere else like a whole leg of prosciutto um and stuff like that so uh yeah i feel like i i assumed that like restaurants would be um like suffering the most in this but um, it seems that anybody that has the capability to do like large orders is like thriving right now because Carnivore, the butcher shop that I ordered from, they said that their sales have increased by like forty percent since everything started closing. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that, that's good for them. But um, I do want to take a moment to say thank you for your service in the hospital because I know that is just strenuous with this coronavirus okay. going down. And so she's in the ER. Oh, you're in the ER. Oh, take me through it. What do oh you have to deal with? Well, a typical day in the ER is pretty much anything. Right now, um, like most of what you see in the ER is, is primary care. It's like people who don't have a primary care doctor or whose um, insurance is related with public aid. And so they can get a lot of their coverage through the ER. Um, so that's actually a large, I would say probably about 40% of the population. And then, you know, you get mostly chest pain and headache and like my left arm feels numb. Like people are concerned that they're having a stroke or a heart attack. And then you get actual strokes and heart attacks. Um, and then like <laughs> also oddly lots of STD checks. <laughs> That's like a oh, <laughs> huge, no. huge percentage of people who come to the uh, ER. Normal, whatever. Yeah. So wow. we're, so we're <laughs> that, it's pretty normal. It's not that. even the corona actual people with the coronavirus. It's people with HIV coming in there. Wow. That's it's not crazy. even just HIV. It's just like somebody had like unprotected sex and wants to get an STD check. <laughs> like there's um, but like now, so we still have like us now. It's I guess. A, slightly fewer people coming in for those complaints and most people who are coming in are like coming in for legitimate things like chest pain people in chicago for the most part are abiding by the stay at home like shelter in place stuff um and so we're seeing mostly what looks like emergency stuff true emergencies and then a bunch of people who are freaking out that they have coronavirus Um, and then we're also seeing patients who obviously have coronavirus and are like not doing very well so yeah i I hope you can avoid them but like i said i do thank you for your service because oh my goodness because that's that's just my heart goes out to y'all because y'all don't get no days off no nothing it's strenuous yeah um, now, during this time period, which you got a crazy virus going on and stuff, and everybody getting off from work except for y'all, but y'all are really be <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah I wish I could stay home, but it was not air to be. You say you wish what? I it just it's not to be. I wish I could stay home, but um, it's because it, it's a lot to be like constantly surrounded by it, like at work and wondering if all of your patients with a cough and fever have it. And then like, also that's the only thing that's going on in the broader culture right now. And so it's all that anybody ever wants to talk about when I'm not at work, which is also stressful. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, We didn't go out for St. Patrick's Day, but we went to a friend's place and all of the people there, like maybe 10 people, it was all anyone was talking about was the virus and like what's going to close. And that was even what, two weeks ago now? It's crazy yeah. how everything has just amplified since then. Yeah. Yes it, yes, it is crazy. And I'm sorry you got to talk about it some more, but it's been going crazy. It's, and you know, it's bad when I don't know if you listen to the podcast or our podcast, Look at Talk, when your co host is angry about her cruise getting canceled. Yeah, that's what we've been talking about because that's all the news been talking about. Coronavirus this, coronavirus that. And I feel bad for the people that actually have to live it and 
So how are y'all protecting yourself? Make sure y'all don't catch it. I'll let you go. You go first, Sarah. <laughs> sure. So I have been practicing social distancing. Um, I work at a school. So uh, the last. Oh, shout out to you too. Hey, I just I, I just had a former teacher on the on the last episode as well. She said that she feels bad for teachers because y'all still got to do online prep work, the curriculum online. Is that true? Yeah, it is true. Um, I'm oh, did you guys start doing that already? Yeah, we've been doing it. This is our this was our second week, so we did it for we've done it for two weeks now. Um, I'm lucky because. I've taught the class that I teach. This is my third year. So a lot of stuff I had was very adaptable and like, it wasn't hard for me personally to change things to a more like individual kind of assignment as opposed to group discussions or lecture or whatever. Um, But it's not like that for all teachers. And I work at kind of a, I work at a private school with a lot of teachers. We range from like 10 years, plus at the same school like is probably 40% of our teachers and then people who started teaching within the last 10 years is probably the the rest of the teachers that we have so we have some old older generation teachers who are not equipped to handle this kind of thing so Um, we've had some interesting zoom meetings for all of that (laughs) So I'm pretty sure you got help. The older teachers help them with their technology and stuff. And uh, I know it's sorry. My heart goes out to you because you're dealing with them. A lot of teachers. Oh, you're back. Yeah. Okay, I see you now. We all good now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Look at Talk. If you don't know, now you know. Go ahead and pull that look up. Go ahead and subscribe if you have done so already. I got the ladies of the Coffeeology podcast with me today. Um, so tell me a little bit more about your podcast. How did you guys come up with the idea of getting it started? Well, um, we always kind of just like would have long discussions after we would watch movies or we would like read books and discuss them at length, or we would talk about like weird things happening with the Kardashians. Um, and so we just decided that like, Hey, maybe other people will want to hear these conversations or like also find something of value in the greater pop culture, even the things that seem really shallow. Um, and so we just like pulled the trigger on it one day. Yeah, it was okay. funny. We were, we were actually on a road trip uh, to visit one of our other really good friends in Iowa. And we had like four hours to kill in the car. And Chrissy was like, I should be recording what we're talking about right now. <laughs> I remember that. hilarious. So we were like, other people have to think this is funny, too. And that's and from that point, that's when y'all decided we're going to record. So what made y'all decide on coffee as a, as a centerpiece? Mostly we, the already existing addiction. That that is so um, we both. So Chris is very, very Italian. Uh speaking of her heritage, like super Italian. So coffee has just been in her life since she was a little, little baby. Um, And for me, I lived in Italy for a while. I've been addicted to coffee since I was in high school. So it seemed natural for us to have a conversation (laughs) over a cup of coffee. And we just made it official. That's real. That's real. So, so far, what would you guys say was the episode that y'all really you look back on it, you really grew from that episode. Oh, Sarah might know better than I do, but there was a point where we definitely found the structure of like the first season of the show. Um, And then for season two, we like, we took a little bit of a hiatus because both of us are fairly busy people. And then season two, we changed it up just slightly. So we're, I think we're going to do like themes for each, um, for each season, but like season one, when we decided to incorporate like a thought experiment as like the bridge between the highbrow and the lowbrow part of the show, that's where it really like found its footing. But I, Sarah, do you recall which episode that was? I don't know when we made it official pretty early on. I liked a lot of our conversations in the early episodes because they were things that we'd been wanting to talk about for a while and we just got the opportunity to. Um, I'm thinking in particular of like 
we talked about like breakups pretty early on that was a fun oh yeah that was a really good one too uh that was a good one yeah I do remember that we talked about diet fads because I'm like a huge health and wellness person um we've talked about climate change we just did an episode on horror movies and specifically the horror movies of Robert Eager's um that was a really good one I think I don't know we've we've talked about a lot of cool things and what I've always loved about the podcast is that we learn from it every single time we do it like we do research on something that we know a little bit about or we've seen in the in you know news or whatever and then we just get to really dive into it and make it cool and relatable and something that people are going to want to talk about yeah and I think that's real that I think also the fact that we like both have slightly different perspectives on things helps too and I think like we we also had a better structure to the show when we stopped like debriefing before we would record Um, because we used to do that and then we would like talk out the topic and then we had recorded none of it and then realized like oh we're just gonna have the same conversation again yeah um so when we stopped that yeah yeah. oh yeah um I totally feel all that now we um well, now on our podcast we had to stop doing that too because it's like we noticed that um in the debriefing when we sitting there talking we have energy but then when it's time to record the energy just goes away from the topic so we so I totally agree with y'all yeah. on that so looking back what was y'all favorite episode so far Ooh, that's a that's a hard one so far um that is really maybe. Tough. You know, we we did an episode with a, an old friend of ours from high school, and I thought that episode was fairly fairly good. It was about it, like Marie Kondo because her show had come out on Netflix. It was like a really like really interesting um, perspective on tidiness. I would yeah. say I had fun with that too, just because you know being with an old friend was was, was a nice thing to have. Yeah, I like any of our episodes about person so like we did oh, yeah. an episode about um birth order we did an episode about personality like typing I, I oh yeah like personality one. test yeah I do remember that one and then we did one about astrology and I those yeah we did another one that's- we did like <sighs> shoot you know what? no that's fine I'm fine with that answer <laughs> 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 we didn't you sure? Hey, hey, this ain't this ain't who wants to be a millionaire. You can feel free to change your answer at any time. We did one about teenagers, you know, like the, the concept of and like coming into yourself, and that was cool because Sarah like works directly with that age group, so she was able to like contribute a lot of um, personal like anecdotes about teenagers and what it's like to be one because you know we've all gone through it and we hated it and we don't like to reminisce about it all the time um but yeah, uh, that, it's yeah, so that easy to show. forget what it was like mm-hmm. that's real that's love. real they need so much help they do <laughs> they don't know anything <laughs> they don't know anything <laughs> Yes, they do. Them teenagers. I remember when I was a teenager thinking I knew it all and then got to college, world smacked me upside oh down. I'm like, damn, I should just listen. So teenagers, just listen if you don't get anything from this episode, Ooh. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is Look at Talk. If you don't now you know, don't know, now you know. Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't done so already. Um, I'm with uh, some ladies holding it down up in the shot town. So tell me this, ladies, what is your favorite alcohol? Ooh. Ooh. I'm a gin girl. Damn it! That was gonna I be my gin and tonic. Oh, gin and tonic! You know, gin makes you. Oh sin, my right? god! <laughs> Ooh, so she says she like gin and tonic. Yeah, man. I was also going to say gin, um, but my go-to is a Tom Collins, which is oh, go ahead. Gin soda, I believe lemon or lemon juice. Sometimes they add like simple sugar, and I'm pretty sure they garnish it with a cherry. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That, that's some good looking choices. That's good yeah. looking choices, ladies. So, um, what is something y'all wish y'all would have known about podcasting before y'all started out? 
probably how to launch. Uh, yeah. If I had if I had to do it again, I would want to know how to have how to like sort of shepherd in a large listener base before you start. Um, and maybe I would like to know a little bit more about how to actually market our podcast. Thankfully, like we're not trying to make a living off of it. We're doing it for fun mostly. But it would be it would have been nice, I think, to know some tricks of the trade. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think the other thing is I really have enjoyed like the audio part of everything, like editing and all of that kind of stuff. So I wish that I had more time to do it, honestly. I feel like we enjoy doing this as a hobby, but both of us would love to put way more time into it than we actually have. Mm-hmm. That's real. So what can people expect with the next season of the podcast? Um, more guests. Yeah, definitely more guests. We need more and we need fresh <laughs> ideas. So we're hoping to have more people on to give us more awesome ideas of what we can talk about. Yeah, we're also going to have longer, slightly longer episodes because they will be slightly less frequent. Um, and they can expect, like, uh, I would say slightly more variety in yeah. the audio because I figured out how to use uh, public domain samples of things and it took me a while to figure out how to actually use them and procure them so yeah maybe a little more stylized for this season mm-hmm. that's real that's real that's that's so real ladies um now what's the common myth that nobody that people automatically assume about your podcast and that um that y'all want to address oh i feel like people assume since we're we we market ourselves as a pop culture philosophy podcast i think people assume that it's going to be too highbrow for them but that's not the case we're very very accessible that's a great answer I don't know because I don't. Um, Sarah's in charge of the email, so she's the one who reads like most of the uh, like suggestions and questions that we get. So mm-hmm. that's a good answer, Sarah. That's real. That's real. Um, so what is so? What advice would you give to some people that want to start their podcast? Maybe just do it. Like, don't wait for permission. Talk about, <laughs> yeah, talk about something that you love yeah. talking about because otherwise you're going to get tired of it. Yeah, something that you can talk about endlessly. Yeah. Um, and you don't, you don't have to wait for permission. You can just do it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Speaking of talking about things, y'all can talk about it in, um, without effort. So if y'all had to give a 20-minute presentation, what could y'all give a presentation on like it's nothing mm. with no preparation? With no preparation, I could probably talk about Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> <laughs> like why why I think they're such a critical team in terms of like American music and folk music and um, like it just says pop icon. I probably could talk about them for a while. I feel like I could talk about the harmful impact of technology in the classroom. <laughs> okay, so one of us is clearly more serious than the other. <laughs> uh, uh, it sounds like I feel some. I, I felt a little angry. Oh my gosh! Also. I don't know about anger. There, there are benefits and there are harmful uh, consequences that people don't explore enough. I feel. Mm. Oh, like what? What's some of these consequences? So there have been, I mean, you can find data that skews your answer either way, right? Like it'll support my side, it'll support someone else's side, whatever. But most of the research I have personally done demonstrates that students who take notes by hand remember things and retain information much better than students who take notes digitally. So whether that be like typing it out on a computer or typing it out on an iPad or something like that. So I feel very strongly about students taking notes by hand and collaborating in real in real ways. Um, when I assign group work in my class, like most of the time kids, it's silent in my classroom and that pisses me off because if you're doing a group assignment, you should be talking the whole time that you're doing it. 
Hold up, they're not talking, they just on the Yeah, they're like, okay, you read it and answer question one, I'll read it and answer question two, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, the whole point is that you're sharing your answers out loud, even if you think it's super obvious, like you're learning from each other. And they don't do that. Yeah, also it might not be like a thing that you think is obvious to for yourself is may not be for somebody else. And the entire point of group activities is to like, to collaborate and to expect that you can learn something from anybody. Right. Like, and exactly. that's what those activities And teach then you. having iPads and stuff tells them that, oh, I can just find the answer on my own and I don't need anyone else's thoughts. Mm. Yeah, but, but it's also good. They need to learn that it's also good to weigh in other people's thoughts, you know, because they might point out something you didn't see because it's always like they, we always miss something that the next person exactly. is probably going to pick up. Yeah, it's it's definitely crazy how how they um how technology is just crazy schools. Cause when I was in school, I don't remember no. Us having no iPads. I remember us talking to people and stuff, and actually interacting with our friends and oh. stuff. So, so what are some of the other podcasts that have inspired you all to do your? Oh, podcast? we're big. My favorite Ooh. murder girls. Yeah, I've loved that one. I've always had like a some little place in my crazy brain for true crime. I used to stay up and watch uh, Forensic Files real late at night. So uh, several of the podcasts that I listen to are true crime based. One of them is Last Podcast on the Left. Um, That's a great one. It's very goofy. Um, And they'll talk about anything. They also talk about like cults and like aliens and like anything that's sort of macabre and like maybe the occult. They talk about a lot of stuff. Um, and then Very Bad Wizards is a big philosophy podcast that I like. Um, and it's like two professors who discuss philosophy and psychology and where the two collide. Cool. That's real. Yeah. That's real. Hey, shout out to those podcasts, by the way. Um, I hope y'all, get, y'all got room. Y'all can squeeze in room for a podcast out of Florida that deals with dating and relationships, if you know what I mean. <laughs> anyway. I appreciate y'all. Now, moving on. <clears throat> so, what's it like up there in Chicago right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's some, what's some of the best restaurants y'all like go to up in Chicago if somebody's up there visiting? Oh. That is a good one. Well, the lakefront is like a must. And it's pretty in, I, I think, in every season. Um, what are things that I do in Chicago? Comedy shows. That's probably most of what my entertainment is. Cool old theaters. Um, Restaurant wise, I I love going to new and different restaurants. Big and Little's is a staple. It's a taco place. Um, if you're gonna go pizza, a lot of people would say Pequod's, but I'm a Gino's East girl. That's for deep dish. I'm the unpopular opinion. I don't really like Chicago style pizza. <laughs> yeah. Why you don't like? How are you from Chicago and don't like Chicago style pizza? It's too much cheese. How I, dare you? I like the I like Neapolitan pizza because I can eat an entire pizza by myself. But like, I get full on a single piece of Gino's East. So. If I, I mean, I Forno Rosso is one of the ones that I would recommend. They do like a big yes, oven style, awesome. like thin, like stretchy dough. I can eat an entire pizza myself. And they have all of the like standard, there's like maybe 15 or 20 standard types of pizza that exist in Italy um, and a couple different deviations. Um, and they have like all of those. They also have fun cocktails. So I like Forno Rosso and then Ocheval is like a really big deal yeah. here. They have like best burger. So Yeah. Yep. That's real. So how I know Chicago's a big sports town. So how are people in Chicago dealing with the fact that I am not dealing well. Not well. <laughs> I'm not doing well. I will tell you that. Yeah. I'm a huge March Madness person. No March Madness is driving me crazy. I'm very sad about it. Yes. I'm also a Notre Dame fan, so not having Notre Dame basketball is killing me. It's it's not great. And our mayor just closed the lakefront, so people can't really go outside anymore. Yeah. It's 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 rough. (laughs) 
Don't feel bad. They're shutting us down here in Florida. You know what I'm saying? They done shut down the beaches and stuff. So we ain't really got nowhere to go either. They done shut down the waterfront and stuff. So I, we totally feel the pain right yeah. now. It's yeah. just different forms. Yeah. It's because of this damn coronavirus. Yeah. I mean, and it's definitely, I'm fine with it because, like, I realized the severity of of this issue and so like things are gonna have to shut down like this is the best time in human history for us to have a quarantine because we have like everything at our fingertips on the internet so we have a ton of different types of entertainment and ways of communicating that we never would have had 50 years ago that's true and it's still pretty much winter here so it's not like we're missing out on nice there's not a lot to do right Oh man, damn! I'm sorry, I'm sorry, y'all still in winter time. It's March, and y'all still dealing with women. <laughs> we had snow um, you know, in April last year. Oh, uh, it was bad last we had year. Snow yeah, in April. Oh, it happens. Yeah, it happens. We also had See, polar vortex, which I don't know if you're familiar with this phenomenon, but like it was so cold outside that like. City officials literally told people to not be outside for more than 10 minutes because you will get frostbite. And, like, there were, like, shelters opening everywhere and, like, warming centers and yep. all kinds of stuff that would not have It was, like, sub-zero several days in a row. Um, I think it was, like, over a week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that, I, don't, I don't see how y'all deal with it. Y'all are, y'all are troopers. More power to y'all. I'm just going to enjoy this sunny weather down here in Florida and just get ready for when it rains because that's something we really got to deal with. It's just raining all the damn time. So that's why I say more power to y'all in dealing with that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know by now, this is Liquor Talk, and this is the exclusive round when liquor meets coffee, y'all. This is the this is your exclusive round. So pour up that liquor, pour up another round, and enjoy this podcast. And go ahead and subscribe to both podcasts if you haven't done so already. This is networking. This is one-on-one. This is what happens when you have a fucking quarantine. We <laughs> start networking, ladies and gentlemen. This is Liquor Talk. If you don't know, now you know. Now, moving on, I'm going to pull a topic from, from episode 77 of Liquor Talk. What do you think of people that dress their spouses? <laughs> Oh, Give me that's more weird. information about this. <laughs> okay, meaning that if you have a if you have a boyfriend, you're laying oh. out his clothes. What okay. he gonna wear tomorrow? Mm-mm. What do y'all think of? And some men do it for their women too, where they that's out Kanye and Kim and right there. Out their outfit Kanye or what they want to do. Dresses him. He's in all of her fittings, and he's with her stylist, and he wants her to look a certain way. And honestly, she has never looked better in her whole life. Like, he gave her this neutral palette that she just thrives in. I look at old pictures of her pre-Kanye, and I'm like, she needed this man in her life. She's incredible. She was before, but now even more so. I think so it's you're fine. So, very early on. I think it depends heavily <laughs> on like the intention behind the but the intention behind it right so like if the reason you're doing it is because your spouse maybe doesn't have a lot of confidence in their wardrobe and doesn't doesn't feel like they know how to put an outfit together and they ask you for your opinion in that case i would be like yeah that that sounds great that makes sense like totally all about like validating the shit out of each other but if the reason that you're doing it is primarily one of control and you like want your spouse to like fit into your public image i think there's maybe a problem with that but i don't know i don't know that's a hard question to answer hey that's real that's real though hey y'all give your best shot that's what so, okay, but, like, um, just to follow up on that like my boyfriend asked me to go shopping with him because he wanted my opinion on what he was wearing and stuff and then he will like right other outfits and be like does this look okay I, and I do the same thing. Right, but that's not the same thing. That's not the same thing well, as you, like, unprocessed. See, um, being with like, your boyfriend, I guess he's welcoming your opinion. That Now, if you just dictate him what he needs to true. wear, then that's, that's a totally different right. game. But 
Un- like now, if he's asking for your opinion, then he that means he values your opinion and what he wearing. And I will admit, some of y'all women, y'all do, do be having good taste when it comes to men's clothing. I will give y'all that. <laughs> so that's why um, some men will question their women about, "Hey, babe, what shall I wear?" It's like so. I do, I do understand why. I do yeah. understand why why he um would ask for your opinion on true. clothes. I mean, I feel like I have pretty good taste. And so. <laughs> now, she don't. Sarah, <laughs> that's good. Now teach me how to dress because Ooh. this is a, definitely a thing we have discussed on the pod at length. Is that I don't know how to be a girl. So three brothers. All you know how to do is be a save lives. So I, I can understand. Yeah, that. but I wear like glorified pajamas to work. Dude, so I glorified pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, ladies. Um, now, I speaking of dressing, I saw I heard this confession today on the radio station. How during the quarantine, this woman was tired of her husband and her kid. You no, know, you know how everybody's in the home, right? The husband and the kid just laying in the house with their basketball shorts on, not really dressing the par. She she decided that she's gonna make them two days out the week dress up. Once for Sunday, once for Sunday church, and I might even church is closed. And once on Wednesday, just to look good. Yeah, but church is and online then, now. She says, <laughs> and then in return, she says she's gonna cook her big dinner for them. And if they don't dress up, they don't get a big dinner. What are y'all thoughts on that? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let y'all get this. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you why. So if if I'm gonna, okay. oh, you go first. I you go first, feel Sarah. like I should be putting on re- regular clothes. I'm not gonna lie. Today is the first day in like a week that I've worn a bra because why bother? Honestly, I feel like if someone <laughs> mandated that I wear normal clothes at least twice a week, it would not be a bad thing for me at this point in time. Oh, so you're used to that you know structure. That exactly you're used to it, it. I thrive on a routine. So not having one right now is a struggle. Yeah, I, I, I can I can totally understand where you're coming from that because you're so used to that routine and it's affect it's yeah. not just you it's affecting everybody and it was kind of affecting this lady seeing her husband and her kid um just in um lounging lounging around in their um shorts and stuff not really dressing the part and then she also said when you dress the part you you feel more confident yeah about I feel that as well what do you think Chris. Well, um, I don't know. I'm kind of conflicted about it. I like the idea of, like, I think just for the sake of mental health of, like, acting as if you need to still behave normally. Like, you still need to get out of bed and get dressed and brush your teeth and have some sort of routine for your health. Um, I I don't like this, like, punitive aspect of it where she's like, if you don't do this, then you don't get to come to dinner or whatever. Like, that seems a little overboard. Um, but I think it's important for people to have a routine and to like, because it does matter, like if you're in pajamas versus in like clothing, how you perceive yourself and maybe how productive you're going to be throughout the day. Um, and I, I am of the mind that like these other things that are sort of tangentially related to us, like the way that we dress and the spaces that we live in and how we keep our house, I like truly believe that those things affect you on a level that's maybe not like physical, but is like a little bit beyond that. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm for that for like dressing up once or twice. I, I, at first, I was like, at first, I was like, man, I don't get why they're mandating this when they ain't going nowhere. Because I'm gonna believe if I'm gonna go somewhere, I'm gonna look good. But why look good just to stay in the house? But then I was like, you know what? Maybe maybe they need to dress up for everyone. Just so that way they don't they're not totally shocked yeah. when the routine gets back to normal. So that way when this coronavirus messes all over with, it doesn't they don't just go into a total aftershock when they have to get back to their normal routine. So I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not in that lady house. You know what I'm saying? Maybe the lady throws down on those days. Maybe she really just whips out everything, makes everything they like in return for them dressing up. So, I mean, it, at the end of the day, you do what you how you feel. 
because me personally, I, I can still be productive in pajamas, but and, you know, but I I still have those days where I'm like, okay, let me throw some clothes on just that way. I'm not yeah. in the pajamas all day. I cannot be productive in my actual pajamas because I would slide around on the wood floor in big fluffy <laughs> socks all day. So just from personal experience, but. Um, I could be, I think I could be productive in casual clothes. I don't think I would need to wear like dressy clothes to be productive. I actually think I'm less productive when I wear super dressy clothes. Yeah, I totally agree. It's like, um, I've also been like, when I'm super dressy, I feel like a million bucks and I do feel like I'm productive, but I know me personally having a mindset of when you have to go get it, go get something, have a beast mode mindset. You you you're productive no matter yeah. what you dress up in. Right. Now, what do y'all think of everybody going crazy over these um these stimulus checks we about to get or we supposed to be getting? I don't know if it's official or not, but you have some people on social media talking about, oh, you need to do this with that your money, you need to do that with your money. When they act like twelve hundred dollars is a lot of money. Well, yeah, twelve hundred dollars realistically is not. Um, <laughs> excuse me. I do. I'm kind of impressed that like we were able to discuss anything across the aisle and push anything through. And I think it's actually quite meaningful that people are going to be receiving time off and also a check with like money, like something liquid. Um, I don't know, Sarah. Uh, do you have any thoughts about it? I think like. I don't know. It kind of reminds me of when President Obama put in place that um, people under a certain level of income could get cell phones and, like, cell phone plans. Do you guys remember that? Obama phones, yeah, the they Obama, were calling them. Yeah, I think yeah. they were calling it the, the Obama phone. Of that in terms of, like, there's something about it that builds a level of... Uh, like positive energy around our current government but then at the same time part of me is like how many hoops do you have to jump through to actually make this work so I don't know I agree with Chris that add when anything happens um but I, I, I don't know I feel like I'm more worried about people who are the very the most vulnerable you know i don't know if that makes sense yeah no it makes it a whole much make sense because um you do what i've what i've noticed in government it's like you always get the rich people talking about what they're gonna do for the broke people and that's just it's like so sometimes i don't really pay attention because it's like the broke folks ain't got nobody at the table speaking for them it's just number of billionaires and stuff trying yeah. to determine what they're gonna do with the money so and how they're going to fatten their wallets after this, and what kind of sticky hidden stipulations they're going to put in place. But I am happy they did um, kind of stop yeah, for the whole that's huge. Home payments. I was like, Yeah, that is really significant. Yes, I'm like, please. And now, if they were just going to forgive it, because I have some taxpayers that act like, Oh, no, y'all need to pay the debt back. I'm like, First of all, y'all don't understand the cost of education has always gone up. <laughs> When meanwhile the meanwhile right. the, um, minimum wage has stayed the same. Mm-hmm. No, and some people I, they I, just don't get it's, that. It's really interesting. Um, my parents are fairly conservative, and whenever I try to talk to them about issues like this, they take a very like kind of party line approach. But then when they actually encounter someone who like fits the criteria of being an immigrant or being someone who's under the poverty line. They're so personally generous. So I've just always been so confused. And I feel like that's any person who like lives with a moral code, right? You can think like one thing is best for quote unquote everybody. But then if you were to encounter one individual who has a really significant student loan payment and is working a minimum wage job, you would feel a level of empathy for them that isn't isn't like explained away by the political line, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's definitely real. It's like they 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 talk about it, but then when they meet up with somebody, they they just they melt. They're not really about their life. They're not about it. 
what I've also found is, is that they're not really about it until it affects somebody they know or or if, or like you said, they encounter somebody that um that that yeah. that they that needs it, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, we live in a very crazy world. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Liquor Talk Podcast. This is the exclusive round with the coffeeology ladies. Let, now, ladies, we're going to shift this thing back to relationships one more time. Now, episode 72, we discussed shooting shots. So, how do y'all shoot y'all shot at somebody y'all like? Or how would y'all like it if somebody shot Ooh, their shot so at you? Chris and I both met our boyfriends on um, different dating apps. So I feel like oh, we both have experience with okay. this. Um, with my boyfriend, Joe, we had connected on Hinge uh, back at the very end of the summer. And end of summer, beginning of the school year is a super crazy time for me because we're getting back to school and I'm working more and all this stuff. So I was not personally in a place where I really wanted to date, but we'd been talking for a few weeks, whatever. Um, I ended up canceling our first date on him being like, I can't, I can't focus on this right now. And then I, I figured like, oh, well, I just like burned that bridge. There's no chance. And I super randomly texted him and was like, hey, do you want to get coffee? Um, and he ended up responding to me. And it was really one of those moments where I was like, I have nothing to lose here. I don't want to be on dating apps anymore. Like, I just want to see if this guy is actually like as nice as I thought he was. <laughs> yeah. And look at her and now. Look, and look at you in. now. <laughs> um, but Chris met her boyfriend on Bumble, which is way more about ladies shooting their shot. Yeah, I would say that, like, for me, the thing that seemed to work best, because I've been, I met Fred, um, who I've been dating for well over a year now. Um, I would say that the thing that worked the best for me is, like, I just want somebody to put all of the weirdness out on the table, like, (laughs) right at the beginning. And, like, everything that is a non-negotiable for you, like, say it up front. And you don't have to be, like, necessarily aggressive about it and you don't have to be like rude or mean or judgmental but just say like these are the things that matter the most to me these are the things that you've got to be able to meet me halfway on and if we don't match up here then let's call it quits and like before our feelings get involved and nobody gets hurt like I just want somebody to be straight and like um I don't know just like figure out if our weirdness works (laughs) Hey, that's that's a weird way. That's a good way to put it. You know, figure out the weird weirdness works. You know yeah, rather than rather than like doing the thing that a lot of people in our generation do, which I think is really weird, which is like generally vaguely hanging out with someone without ever defining what that means, and like just waiting until you feel comfortable enough to show someone a different side of you and then but then like always in the back of your mind you're worried if that is going to be like the the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back and so I just don't like that approach it's too much walking on eggshells for me yeah I definitely I definitely agree with you on that and I definitely get tired of the situationships it's like yes yeah that's a great word yeah, that's the, that's what we that's like to call, so we call right. it a situationship, you know what I'm saying? Because, yo, you, I really yeah. don't want you, but I don't want nobody else to have you. I'm like, and you're walking on eggshells. Well, like, I don't have anyone interested in that. Yeah, like, it's not like, well. Yeah. Exactly. If you're interested, you're interested, let's do this thing because you only live once and you're only wasting your time and my time because I'd hate for you to get up there and age and you're like, Damn, yeah. I really missed out on this opportunity. So that's why on this episode we said shoot or shoot, and no matter what, you know what I'm saying? Because that end that well, thing's like, no, I mean, and if they say like, no, you didn't lose anything. You never had anyone to begin with, you know. So I just feel like personally, I would always support someone shooting their shot. I am a fan of knowing things, so I'd rather just know if you're interested or not than be dancing around something or super nervous or feel awkward talking to you. Yeah, exactly. That's real. That's that's so real. 
Now, ladies, now what y'all got coming up on the on the so next So we will be doing an episode on Love is Blind, the Netflix show that kind of swept the the Twitter sphere, I'll say. Um we will be doing an episode yeah. on language diversity in the United States. Um, and then we're very open to suggestions. We're always looking for new topics and ideas. Yeah, we kind of like try to do current events. So we can't always project too far into the future what another episode will be. We can have like vague concepts. And then when something in the pop culture comes along that sort of like fits that, we can be like, oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Um, I think we, I had thought about having one of my dance instructors on to talk about like the art of tap dance um, and like why that's such a significant, why there's such a significant history just within Chicago. Um, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Jimmy Payne Jr. or Jimmy Payne Sr., but they're both like, tap masters um and they're jimmy payne senior is from was cuban i believe and um then immigrated to chicago and became part of like this large history of african-american like dance so yeah so i was hoping to have him on but i don't know what his schedule or availability is so that's real yeah what you guys what you guys looking forward to the most um and remain this year once corona mess is over with Hmm, like personally? For the podcast? Oh, for the for podcast? Um, I don't know. I think that now that we have, like, a little bit of a looser, like, feel for season two, I think it's going to be easier in general. Um, I like that our, our structure is going to be like a little more artistic just because I finally figured out how to do public domain. Uh, personally, I am excited to do more traveling by train. Um, I've decided to just do Amtrak for a while instead of like flying anywhere I want to go. So that excites me. Hold on. Why? Why? What's, what's wrong with flying? I'm just worried about the environmental impact. Oh. Yeah. And also, everything about flying is so inconvenient and like terrible. Like being on a plane is awful. Waiting in line in security is awful. Not being able to get up whenever I want I to is awful. Totally disagree. Um, and I just—is it because you're flying out of Chicago? Is that why you have such bad experiences? No, I I think it's just because I flying disagree. sucks. I love like, planes. I love flying. I uh, I it hurts that you don't like it. I mean, like, damn, yeah. Y'all are polar opposites travel. <laughs> That's interesting. One likes to fly and the other one is like, get the hell, don't get me on that damn plane. I mean, I've always thought that like the concept of flying was really cool. Like, I think it's wild that you can have a conversation with somebody and be like thousands of feet in the air. That's, that's insane. Um, but like everything about like, going to the airport and getting there on time and like making sure that all your liquids are packaged appropriately and like not necessarily knowing who you're going to sit next to horrible, horrible food, like no leg room at all. And like, I don't know. It's just like everything about it is less appealing than traveling by train. I just took the Amtrak uh, from Chicago to California and it was like, almost it was like two days maybe two days plus or minus a couple of hours and like I enjoyed pretty much every minute of that train ride and I didn't even get like a roomette to sleep in I was just in coach oh wow yeah and it's like beautiful too because you're you drive like right through the Rockies and like there's this big observation car with floor and ceiling windows and like everything about it was just like so decadent and I don't know I really liked it so how long was the train ride it was like two days roughly two days um and you meet a lot of people and you chat and like you have a lot of room to move around you can get up pretty much whenever you want to um there's a diner car with like not like the best food I've ever had but it's like still kind of fun and we packed a cooler full of food um, just so that we wouldn't have to pay for the diner meals, but it was nice and very romantic. <laughs> oh wow, interesting! 
I haven't been on a train in years. I think the last time I was on a train, I was like little. So that and I find that very interesting. But now I'm like, give me the plane. I will. I'll fly on the plane because it's like because train tickets be so pricey. So I'm I like, know. Oh, that's wow. the one thing. That's the one thing is because it's like nicer to be on a train. It's like a little more expensive. It's not like the preferred method of travel anymore. Um. But yeah, I take I, we live in Chicago, so we have like the great like the L, which goes like underground and above ground, and like will take you throughout the city. Um, so I take I like don't drive very much anymore. And Sarah doesn't, I don't either, drive Sarah doesn't even have a car. Yeah, listen. I know somebody. I have a coworker from New York, and she's like in a cold truck that she don't drive either because she used to she's used to like taking the train and the bus. So I understand that. I'm like, okay, you live in New York, New York and Chicago and L.A. Big cities like that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be driving either. I drive when I have to, but for uh, most part, I wouldn't be driving. Yeah, I can just get so much done sitting on the train. Like, you can like read or listen to a podcast and you don't have to worry about traffic. You don't have to worry about traffic. Air traffic? Like, you don't have to worry about like sitting bumper to bumper on I-90. Like, it's just like I don't know. And like, yeah. my carbon footprint That's a big part of it for me. And I also no. just uh, I had a bad accident a few years back and since then I've been like, if I can avoid driving, I don't yeah, like Chris said, I don't even own a car. I got rid of it as soon as I moved to the city. And I'm I'm sorry to hear you got an accident, you know, but um if y'all ever come to Florida, I mean y'all gonna have to drive when you come to Florida. I mean at the end of April, I was supposed to be there for a conference and I was so bummed that the conference got canceled because I was gonna go to Harry Potter World afterwards. I'm so sad. <laughs> I know. Damn, I'm sorry. Damn coronavirus. Look, I, I was supposed to be coming. I was supposed to be to take some trips, too. And it's like, I'm hoping that some of these podcast conventions I had looked at, they don't get canceled because of this damn coronavirus. I'm hoping this mess is over. Yeah. Somebody told me it might be the end of August. It might be August. When this I think it's over. probably going to be longer than we want it to be. But, I mean, if that's what yeah. it takes, then that's kind of what it takes. Yeah, that part I understand. Make sure everybody's healthy. But tell me this, though. What can people get from listening to your podcast? I think people can get an elevated Mm. look at pop culture. Um, Hopefully something that they would want to talk to their friends about just to get friends on. And I think that people can learn a little bit about, like, classic philosophy, things that maybe you learned in school, but maybe you didn't have the time to take that class, um, and just in a really applicable way. Yeah, um, and sort of a revival of these, like, theories and things that we, like, have to learn um, as, like, gen eds. Um, but that we, like, very few people actually have, yeah, like Sarah says, the free time yeah. to explore them in greater detail. So That's real. So, last question for y'all. The bottom line, why do people need to subscribe to, to, to the Coffeeology podcast? Well, because we're funny. We're, we're like, <laughs> we're aggressive. and <laughs> um, Yeah. Yeah, and goofy. Coffee, coffee, lots of tea, by the way. I wanted, I want, I didn't oh. want to interrupt you. But I didn't. Want to. My bad. Coffee, lots of tea. Coffee, lots of tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to butcher it. It's, the whole no, thing. it's My okay. Bad, <laughs> but um, I do want to thank you, ladies, for coming on Look at Talk, blessing Look at Talk with your presence. You guys were not bad guests. You know, Good. y'all are not the worst guests I've ever had. <laughs> Y'all, listen to episode 30. I, I had to minister to some people. So if I have if I have to preach to some people, I'm like, yeah. Okay. So that's why I say, y'all are not the worst guests I've ever had. And when y'all ready for your boy down here in Florida, then come bless the coffee all of the time. Y'all let me know. All right, man. Thank you for having us.
Um, this yeah, thank y'all. Fun. Yeah, yes, it was. We gotta run it back. We gotta do it again. Um, y'all just let me know when, and we gonna we'll we'll set this thing up. Don't I hope you uh, you continue to save lives and you continue to teach the people. I uh, thank y'all. Y'all are y'all are truly a help to the community. Y'all, y'all making Chicago great. Yeah, You're so sweet. Thank you, and stay home. I hope you continue making your podcast, please. Um, we will. <laughs> thank y'all for thank y'all for being on Look at Talk. Thank you for listening to Look at Talk at home. And thank y'all until next time. 